0: Now, I want you just, before we, before we get into the fruit today, I want you to just take a look at that list. You should have a Bible. Everybody should have a Bible. and Take a look at that list. And I want you to think about, think through each one and, and go through each one and say, to what extent is my life reflected by that fruit? In other words, how much is my life uh, reflected in terms of love? How much love do I have in my life? How much joy? How much peace? How much patience, kindness? See, when... Sometimes we have lists. We can just go through the list and so we don't think about it much. If you were to pick one, which one would you say you probably uh, would least be characteristic of your life? Well, this morning we're going to look at three adi- three more fruit. And um, all of these fruit are really countercultural in many ways. And, and what I mean by that is certainly... Our culture, you know, people love and they have periods of joy and they have times of peace. But qualitatively and quantitatively, what the Spirit of God gives us and produces us is different or should be different. Um, And and while certainly non-Christians can love, their love is not a biblical love because the Holy Spirit is not producing biblical love in their life. That's not to say that they don't experience a degree of love or a kind of love. They probably do. But it's, not, it's certainly not what God has designed. It's certainly not what the Holy Spirit provides. Um, so these are countercultural in many, many ways. But the three that we're going to look at today are probably the most countercultural characteristics in this whole list. Especially for men. So men, I want you to pay attention. Because this applies to us, too. Uh, the, the three fruit that we're going to look at today are kindness, goodness, and gentleness. Now, if you're in, you notice in verse 23, 22 and 23, we skipped over faithfulness. Uh, and the reason for that is because gentleness and kindness are, are, very, uh, are very close in terms of the, nat- the, the nature of that fruit. So we skipped over faithfulness, we'll come back to faithfulness. Um, kindness, goodness, and gentleness now again, I, 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 as I was preparing this week, I thought, you know this is really simple stuff this is not this is not complicated exegesis we 're not looking at genitives we 're not looking at verb tenses we 're not looking at at the uh, structure we 're looking at words, words that reflect character and and there 's just not much to interpret here. Um, But many times we maybe use these words or or we can talk about these words, but we really don't know what they mean. So really our time together has been just kind of fleshing out what these words mean. So the first one is kindness. What does it mean to be kind? What does it mean to be a kind person? Well, um, I came across with some, some possibilities. Sympathetic, helpful, considerate. Thoughtful. When you say that someone is a kind person, anything you would add, what, what do you think of when you think of the word kind? Or the, the, the character of kind? Charity. What's that? Charity. Charity. Warm. Other-centered. Other-centered. Okay. Yeah, kindness. Sympathetic, helpful, considerate, thoughtful, generous. Good. What about Goodness. What does it mean to be a good person? When you think of someone who is... You say, that is a good person. What do we mean? Integrity? Integrity. Do the right thing? Selfless? Trustworthy? Okay. Okay, the army says... (laughs) We just put this away because we just... (laughs) No, you're right. Doing the right thing. when no one's watching. That's good. That's why we have such a good army. Goodness, morally or ethically excellent, a good person who's morally excellent. They're virtuous. A good person. Kindness, goodness. What about gentleness? Um, men, how many of you? How many of us want to be known as a gentle? Man, <laughs> not gentlemen, but a gentle man. Do you realize that God has called us to that? God has called us as men and women too, but men to be gentle. Is that a po- does that come across as a positive word or maybe negative? Is not the right or a negative word? Yeah, typically it's what it's perceived as weakness. You're weak. I heard someone say that gentleness is strength under control. Um, if you were to take um, a defensive tackle in the NFL, six, eight, 350 pounds, and he were to hold a baby, that would be gentle. He certainly has an incredible amount of potential for strength, but that strength is harnessed. Okay? And gentleness is not harsh, not severe, not rough. Kindly, and this is where gentleness and kindness... Um, overlap, amiable. Now, again, these are words that maybe we have a notion of what they are, but oftentimes we have a hard time really describing them or defining them. But these are indeed part of the fruit of the Spirit that the the, the Holy Spirit wants to produce in our lives, but also, remember what we said in our introduction, these are things that we, too, make a decision to do. Um, I'm going to come back to this question. If you're not kind, who's... Whose fault is that? The Holy Spirit? It's because the Holy Spirit didn't produce it in you. No. When you're not a loving person, is that well, you can say, well, the Holy Spirit just hasn't produced that in me yet. No. We talked about this tension that yes, this is this is the fruit that the Spirit produces in our lives, but we have a responsibility to develop in these areas and to make a decision of our will and to make choices about how we grow in these areas. The Spirit gives us the power to do it. The Spirit, the Spirit ultimately produces it in our lives. But we have to do it. Let's look at kindness. What is kindness? It's a, it's a sympathetic disposition. It's a sweetness. I, I read this this week. A sweetness of temper. I like that phrase. It's a sweetness of temper which puts others at ease. I, I, for summary, I just like that. It's a sweetness of temper that puts When a kind person walks in the room everybody's just perfectly at ease. Well, let's look at God, the kindness of God. In His nature, He is a kind God, even to ungrateful, evil men. Look with me at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Verse 34, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He Himself is kind to ungrateful men, to ungrateful and evil men. Think of that. God is kind to ungrateful and evil men. What is our impulse in terms of our dealing with ungrateful and evil people? Probably not to be kind to them. It's to be harsh with them. To be severe with them. To return harshness for harshness. But God in His nature is a kind God. He he is not harsh. He is not severe. He is not rough. In nature, he is especially kind to those who are evil and ungrateful. And by the way, um, if this is what's true of God, guess what ought to be true of us? Uh, you bet. What about us? Colossians 3:12. Um, what does the Bible say about kindness as far as we are concerned? Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on, here's, here's the responsibility, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, many of these of which we've, we see in the fruit of the Spirit as well. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. So this is something he says we are to put on, and this is the imagery of putting clothes on. So in the morning we put on clothes He's saying these are qualities that we need to put on. These are qualities that need to be true of us. And on what basis ought these to be true of us? What does he say in the first part of verse 12? Why ought these to be true of us? Why should we be kind? We've been chosen of God. This is what we wear. These are the clothes we wear. This should be part and parcel of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ is we are kind. We ought to be kind people. It's part of our clothing. Turn back to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four, verse thirty one. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving each other, just as God in Christ Jesus has forgiven you. Let me read that verse 32 again. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. This is a command. This is an imperative. He says, I want you to treat each other with kindness. I want you to be kind to one another. This is how we are to treat each other. This is this, is, again, should be our clothing. This is just the way we are. This is the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. But we have to make a choice of whether we're going to be kind. So let's take a test for your kindness and for my kindness. Uh, I just want you to mentally think about this. How do you treat telemarketers? Are you kind? Or are you short and harsh? And severe. What about food servers? What if the food isn't exactly the way you wanted it? Or what if the food didn't come to you as quickly as you thought it should come? Or what if they messed up your order? How do you treat them? Do you treat them with kindness? Are you kind? Oh. We could go on and on and on. Most of this is in terms of service industry. What about Taco Bell? Anybody ever get an order right at Taco Bell? What do you do when Taco Bell... uh, Most of you probably don't even eat at Taco Bell. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I love Taco Bell. Um, What do you do when you have to go back in and they got your order wrong? What kind of words do you use? What tone of voice do you use? What what attitude do you come across with? Is it kindness? You you see, um, when we treat each other, and especially when we treat people out there, we're just saying it. May Christ be all around us. One of the reasons, one of the ways we can sound like Elmer Fudd there for a minute. One of the reasons why Christ or how Christ can be all around us is when we are kind. We need to be kind people. And that means how we use our words. Do we use sharp words or do we use soft words? It means means there are times when I don't have to say anything, but I can exude a really unkind attitude, if you know what I mean. Our attitudes, our words. God wants us to be kind people. And And as Matthew said, it's easy to be kind when people are being kind to us. It's easy to be kind when I got my tostada and I got my crunchy taco. It's easy to be kind when I got what I ordered. It's easy to be kind when my steak was just how I ordered it. It's easy to be kind when no one's cutting me off in traffic. That, that's easy. What good is that? God says, Okay, good job. It's a whole other thing, guys. When I'm offended or I'm inconvenienced or someone feel, I feel like someone has, has let me down or someone has not given me what they promised, will I be a kind person? Will I be condescending? See, the fruit of the Spirit is kindness. We need to be kind people. It's easy to be kind. We're all kind on Sunday morning. When walk out that door, sometimes it's harder, isn't it? So the first fruit of the Spirit that we looked at is kindness. We need to be kind people because we're, we're, we're chosen of God and God Himself is a kind God, especially to those who are evil. Kindness. What's number two? Goodness. What is goodness? Morally and ethically virtuous. Turn to Matthew chapter 19. Matthew chapter 19. I told you there's no complicated exegesis here this morning. Matthew 19, verse 16. This is the story of the rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And someone came to him and said, Teacher, what good things shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? And he said to me, and he said to him, Why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness honor your father and mother, you shall not love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty good list of being good. The young man said to him, all these I have kept, what am I still lacking? And Jesus said, if you wish to be complete, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. When the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owned much property. On, when we talk about goodness, that we need to talk about goodness in, in two different aspects. Um, goodness in, in, in terms of nature, Jesus affirms there is only one who is really, truly good. And that is God. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In terms of pure goodness, there's he, is, he alone is good. Um, oftentimes we talk about uh, our children are good children. Are they? It depends on what you mean by that. Are they good in, by nature? No. They are bad by nature. They're sinful by nature. And, and anybody who says children are good by nature has never had any. Um, we don't have to teach our kids to be bad. We don't have to teach them to do bad things. We don't teach them to act up. We don't say, you know, you've been really, you've been really behaving too much lately. I need you to, to disobey. I need you to act. No, we, that comes naturally. So on one level, no, we're, we're not born good. People are not born naturally good. The Bible affirms that we are born naturally bad. So on one level, when we speak of goodness, none of, that, none of us are, are good in terms of our nature. Our, our nature is sinful. Our nature is selfishness. Our, our, our nature is to be self-centered. Um, so we're not talking about good in terms of that. Because Jesus, in fact, said to this guy, if, if you really want to talk about goodness, there's only one who is good. In fact, turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. You'll see what I mean here. Verse 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is none who seeks God. All have turned aside together and they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. And he goes on and talks about The fact that none of us are good. None of us are inherently, basically good. So, in what sense then is the fruit of the Spirit goodness to be good? It tells me that although I may not be in my nature a good, that through the Spirit's influence in my life and through me allowing the Spirit to produce my life, I can, in fact have an aspect of that attribute in my life. Um, Turn to Romans chapter 7. Turn over from 3 to 7. And and this is something that is a constant battle. So I can't experience a degree of goodness, even though I'm not ultimately good in my nature. I can experience and I can exhibit goodness in my life. But it's a constant battle. Look at what Paul says. Uh, Let's begin in verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For the willing is present in me. The willing to do what? To do good. The, the, The willing to do good is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Wretched man that I am, Paul says, who will set me free from the body of this death. But thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. Here's his answer. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then on one hand, I myself and with my mind am serving the law of God. But on the other hand, with my flesh, the law of sin. He's saying, listen, that I have a desire to do what is good. But but there is this, this other force in me that's making it hard for me to do that. And it's a battle. And the reason it's a battle is not goodness doesn't come natural to us. That's why it's a fruit of the Spirit. But He calls us and expects us to do good. Let's do, let's do a test for goodness. Are you a good person? Not in your nature, but in your disposition, in terms of the fruit of the Spirit. Are you good? Um, turn to Acts chapter 11, and we're going to see description the Bible calls a good man. Acts chapter 11. Let's let's uh, look at verse twenty-three. Then, when, when he arrived and witnessed the grace of God, he rejoiced and began to encourage them all with resolute heart to remain true to the Lord. This is talking about Barnabas, verse twenty-two. This is Barnabas, for he was a what? A good man and full of the Holy Spirit. That's why he was a good man, <laughs> and of faith and considerable. And considerable numbers were being brought to the Lord. For he left Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for an entire year they met with the church and taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. He, He was a good man. Why was he a good man? Look at verse 23. He was an encourager. He encouraged them all with a resolute heart. Goodness is expressed through a, being an encouraging person. He was not envious. He was excited to see. He rejoiced to see what God had done in their lives. He, he was not envious of what God was doing in other people's lives. Uh, in chapter 4, verse 32, we have that account. They all Remember at Pentecost, they were all selling their land and bringing the proceeds and putting it at the feet of the apostles to distribute to those who had needs? said Barnabas was doing this. He was generous. He was willing to share. He was a good man. Are you good? Are we good? Are we good? Fair, honest, generous, serving others. Goodness. Fruit of the Spirit is goodness. And finally, gentleness. What does it mean to be gentle? Let me suggest this the ability to bear reproaches without resorting to revenge. The willingness and the the ability to bear reproaches without resorting to revenge and not easily provoked to anger. A gentle person is not easily provoked to anger. It takes a lot to get them mad. They're gentle, they have an ability to bear all kinds of reproaches and not resort to any kind of retaliation or revenge. Uh, this description of Jesus in Matthew 11, this classic description. Come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And what does Jesus say? For I am gentle and humble in heart. Men, if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to be a man of God, What does he say? You're to be a gentle man. Gentleness. What does that mean? Uh, We don't have time to look at all these verses, but Galatians 6 1. We must approach each other with a spirit of gentleness. How do we approach one another? Is it with is it with a gentle disposition or is it is it harsh? We are to answer inquiries about our faith with gentleness. This I would like to look at. First Peter 3.15 We are to respond in our evangelism. By the way, I've got to tell you a quick story. Um, I was at Starbucks this week and I was doing some studying out on a table. And I had my Bible and my books out on this table and this, this young guy came up and engaged me in conversation. And... Uh, he said, oh, I like your book. What is that?" I said, "Well, it's the Bible." And, uh, "Oh, yeah, I've read the Bible." And, "You know, it's uh, what do you study?" And I told him. You know, he said, "What church you go to?" I told him. He said, "You've been going there." It, it was just that kind of discussion. And uh, so I, I said, "Are you from this area?" He said, "Well, I, yeah, I'm, I live up. Not really. I live up in Westminster." And he said, I, I, "We moved here. I'm from the Ukraine." And, you know, my parents moved here when I was a, when I was a baby. And I said, oh, he said, well, actually, he said, you know, I'm, I'm here with another couple and they're in their 30s and they've already retired. They've, they've made a, a million dollars in this business and they're kind of mentoring us. And, and now, then I started thinking, okay, now I know why he was chatting me up. And uh, I felt really, anybody had that? I felt kind of used, you know. It was like he really, it was just, this was all kind of uh, yeah, I was just kind of to get, to get into the conversation of what he really. Um, and I, I got to thinking, man, I, I don't want to do that with Jesus. Yes, I need to share my faith. Um, and, and it showed me if I'm going to share my faith with someone at Starbucks, I'm going to be upfront and clear about my intentions from the very get-go. So that they don't get this impression <laughs> that I just set them up. Um, but anyway, I just felt kind of used, kind of, you know. And I thought, you know what? I, I'm still going to share my faith. I'm still going to be prepared to share my faith. But, but I, I, don't want to, I don't want them to get the feeling that, that I'm a huckster. And that's what he was. he was. He was kind of chatting me up. He was kind of a huckster. But first, first uh, where, where were we? I'm sorry. First Peter 3.15 But sanctified Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account... For the hope that is in you, yet with what gentleness and reverence. That so that should be our demeanor. We we to be gentle and reverent. Second um, Timothy two twenty four through twenty six says the same thing. You need to be gentle. James three says it's th- th- that gentleness is necessary for the Christian who would be to, to live. A life of wisdom. He said, if you want to live a life of wisdom, you be a gentle person. It's, it's, it is seen through its gentleness. Um, ladies, all the ladies, guys, you, just, you guys can just relax for a minute. Ladies, you turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. Guys, I'm just teasing you. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands so that if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be worn without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. Your adornment must not be merely external. For instance, the braiding of the hair and wearing gold jewelry and putting on dresses. Now, do you say you shouldn't do that? No. It shouldn't just be only that. But let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a what? A gentle and quiet spirit. If you want to know God's will for your life, ladies and wives, and with your husbands, is to have a gentle, quiet spirit. That's hard with some of us. We're boneheads. And it's hard for you to do that sometimes. I understand that. But that's what he's called you to. It's necessary for the Christian woman who would be precious in the sight of God. Again, this is not difficult stuff to understand. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, gentleness. The question is, again, to what extent are these things being manifested in my life? Yes, the Holy Spirit produces them, ultimately. I can't, I can't, I can't generate it. I can't produce it myself. And yet, at the other time, I have to ask myself: If I'm not being a gentle person, whose fault is that? Do I lay the blame on the Holy Spirit for not producing it in my life? When I'm not a kind person, do I say, "Well, God, that's on you. Uh, you should have made me more kinder or more kind, more kind"? But we we recognize there's a personal responsibility we have if we want to experience the fruit of the Spirit, we have to be open to the Spirit producing this in our lives. We need to be kind. We need to be good. And we need to be gentle. Not hard to understand, but hard to manifest in our lives. Let's pray. Father, this is pretty basic stuff, really, I guess. Um, as I said, this is not complicated grammar. Um, And oftentimes, uh, it is the simple things that that trip us up. It's the simple things that we fail to do. And Lord, what we're talking about here is what kind of people do we want to be? Um, Do we want to be kind? Do we want to be good? Do we want to be gentle? And we recognize that everything in our nature, in our flesh, battles against those very attributes we want to fight back. We want to respond in kind. Um, if someone's harsh with us, we want to be harsh back. And Father, when, when others do not treat us in a gentle way, we want to respond um, harshly as well. So Father, forgive me in my life when I have lacked these, these fruit, when I've not been kind, when I've failed to be good, and when I've not been gentle. Father, would you produce these things more and more in our lives as we submit to you, as we live by the Spirit, as we are filled with the Spirit. May we walk in the Spirit. And may the fruit of the Spirit be more and more a reflection of our lives. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Would you please stand and join hands.